We all ask questions. Why is the sky blue? What happened to all the dinosaurs? What was the best thing before sliced bread? But some questions are more important than others. How do I forgive someone even when I feel like I can't? What's my purpose in life? How can I be the parent God wants me to be and the one my kids need me to be? So where do we turn? To the one that has all the answers. We'll tackle some of life's most complex issues and discover God's best plan. Why? Because you asked for it. Praise God. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. If you brought your mom with you, say, what, what? You're too white. Don't do that anymore. So glad you're all here today. We are in the part two of our series we're calling You Asked For It. We started this series about six months ago by polling some of the members of our dream team to find out what are subjects that are important to you. And I kind of narrowed it down because when you ask church people like what's important to you, you're going to get like inundated with emails. So we narrowed it down to about 10 subjects and we polled them. And when we found out what the most important subjects were, we decided that we would take those top four and do a sermon series about those called You Asked For It. Last Sunday, we talked all about spiritual gifts. If you missed that Sunday, go back to nolachurch.com, click on media, and on the homepage there of media, you can see last Sunday's sermon and get caught up. I also posted two blog posts to go along with last Sunday's sermon. The reason is the subject of spiritual gifts cannot be delivered in 25 to 27 minutes. I'm sorry. I would love to be, but I don't talk that fast. So what I did is I added a couple of blog posts. If you've got any questions, my email address is on there. I would be honored to answer any questions that you have. And today is a very special day because the third most requested subject in the poll was how to raise kids. So next, I figured since it's Mother's Day, we would just bring that subject into today. And I am honored that my beautiful, amazing, gorgeous other self is up here with me. And she is just awesome. Y'all pray for me that I'm going to be sleeping on the couch for the next month for putting a microphone in her hand. She loves it when you call her Pastor Olga, so make sure to do that often. Not really, she doesn't. But I asked her to talk with me about this subject today for a couple reasons. Um, She's the greatest mom that I know. My mom is awesome. And if she were here, I would say that she's the greatest mom. But since she's in Oakland, California, having church this morning, I get to say that my wife is the most awesome mom here because she is the most awesome mom in my life. And I've got to watch her raise our kids over the last 12 and a half years. And while all of our kids are relatively young, we've got four amazing kids. And I don't talk about them a lot, but when I do, I want you to know I am proud of all four of my chicks. They are awesome, and they, it does not come from me, I promise you that. It comes from their mom. So let's get right into this. We're using Psalm 119, verse 66 as a jumping-off scripture. And I didn't give you sermon notes in your handout today because I just wanted you to look at her gorgeousness. But if you do want to follow along with the sermon notes, you can go to nolachurch.com. Halfway down the homepage, click on Sermon Notes. And you can pull them up on your phone and kind of track with where we're going today. Psalm 119.66 says this, Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe your commandments. Y'all, here's the deal. God wants us to ask him questions. He wants us to, to ask him anything that is in our mind, any question that we can come up with. God wants us to ask him these questions. But when we ask God questions... We have to put in there that dedication that 
Whatever you say, I'm going to believe. Because let's be honest, what's the point of asking God questions if we're not going to believe what he says, right? But when we begin to ask him, he says, if you ask, you'll find the answer. If you knock on the door, I'll open it. And if you seek for me, you will find me. So that's kind of the context for this whole series. But we're going to start off today. We're going to talk about two topics in this. And we're going to kind of go back and forth. And we're just going to forget for a few minutes that y'all are here. And every now and then give us one of those, mm, so we'll know that you're still in the room and haven't gone to sleep or left. But we're going to talk about first about being a godly woman. And I cannot tell you another example or a greater example of a godly woman than my wife, Olga. She is amazing, and I am honored that she's in my life. And thank you for saying yeah, because I would have been depressed if you had said no. Also really, really embarrassed. But anyway, <laughs> Titus number uh, chapter 2, we're going to look at five verses. It'll be there on the screen, or you can look it up in your Bibles or in your phone app if you want to. Here's our text for today. It says, promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. Teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. And right here, he's talking to Titus, who is the pastor of this congregation. Teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. Let me pause right here to just say something. That's not just talking about women who are older in age. It definitely applies there. But it's also talking about women who are older in spiritual age, meaning they're more mature spiritually than some of the new believers. If you've been in this a long time, you've got a responsibility to pass down what God has planted in you. And then he goes into detail what honoring God looks like. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These older women or these more mature women must train the younger women to love their husbands. All the men say, hmm, and their children to live wisely and pure to work in their homes, to do good, and to be submissive to their husbands, then they will not bring shame on the word of God. This is Paul's instruction to a young pastor, a relatively young guy, and he's basically throwing him to the wolves. Hey, go in there and teach all the women to be submissive to their husbands and tell them to have fun. And you call me if you need me, but I don't have a cell phone because it's the first century, so bye. Paul was basically dropping in, dropping him in there and, and saying, have fun. But here's the other deal. If you couple Paul's teaching with what he had already taught about the interaction between husbands and wives, wives are to be submissive to their husbands, but only as the husband is submissive to God. Wives, you're not a punching bag. And I can say this, that I've never punched my wife on purpose. <laughs> One time while we were sleeping... Um, I was having one of those dreams, and I turned over and gave her a black eye, and I felt really bad because we went to church the next day, and everyone was looking at me like, what'd you do? But I never did it on purpose because, let me tell you, if I did it on purpose, I would have to run because she drives fast, and she would run over me. But this is, in, this is Paul's instructions to the pastor to teach the more mature women, the people who are more mature spiritually, and telling them, you need to teach these younger women how to be God-honoring. And so what, to, what I wanted to do today is have Olga come up here with me and just kind of share some of the awesomeness that God has planted in her. And she's never going to be one of these people that tells you how awesome she is, but that's my job and our kids' jobs. Let me tell you, she is awesome. She's the most godly woman I know. So I'm going to kind of interview her. And we'll get right into this. Babe, in our 12 and a half years of marriage, I've learned a lot about you. I've learned a lot about living for God because you're way more spiritual than me. And I think you're saved and God's still working on me. But that was a joke, y'all. I'm interviewing her, but you can still laugh at my dumb jokes. It's all right. 
or give me a courtesy laugh at the very least. I mean, I'm struggling up here. Thank you. That's awesome. Appreciate it. Hey, you like the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> Let's all laugh at Mr. Stephen. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, babe, Mr. Steve and I have this good relationship. We can tease each other. Y'all, there are five ingredients that I've, I've noticed and I've learned from my wife about what it takes to become a godly mom. And what I'd like for her to do is just kind of share these five ingredients with you. Babe, what, what would you say are the five things that are most important about being a godly, a godly mother? Um, the first one I would say would be seeking God first. That's kind of the most important one. Um, second one would be to speak faithfully. Be true to yourself. Be yourself um, in front of family and outside, outside of your four walls. Um, show true beauty. And, you know, when, when I think of beauty, I think of character, a person's character. So a woman's character is really what true beauty is. She may be drop-dead gorgeous outside, but the inside character may not be so hot. And so, you know, true beauty counts what's inside. Um, I would say the next one would be to stay humble. And being humble, that also means be vulnerable. Um, you have to be vulnerable in your family with your children. Um, that's an important one in my opinion. Um, but most of all is actually serving Jesus. That's good stuff. Let, let's kind of unpack this. You, you know me, I got to do my list and I got to unpack. So let's oh go God. back through this. So you've been a great model to me, but also to our kids about seeking God first. Kind of talk to them about what your process is for connecting with God personally and putting him first in your life. So in my life, the way I put God first is um, obviously in everything that I do, my day starts off with prayer, devotions, um, reading God's word. Um, I mean, the Bible is my life map. <laughs> so I do go to the Bible for everything. So how would you, how would you tie that in with serving Jesus? What does that mean to you? If, if we got to start with seeking God first, and then you said probably the most important thing is serving Jesus, how do those two things connect? Um, following Jesus, uh, having a true relationship with him, not a relationship that you just have on Sunday morning when you come to church, but, you know, a relationship outside. Um, finding freedom, and that is including all hurts, all pains in the past in your life. Um, as a mom that has been through quite a bit of stuff, some of you, you know my story, some of you don't. But as a mom that went through a lot of stuff, finding that freedom is so um, freeing to your children because you don't, you don't raise them by your past experiences. You, ra you raise them with a new light, if that makes sense. And then um, discovering your purpose. I think those are our venues around here. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so that, I mean, that would be living the life that he designed for you, obviously. Um, and then making a difference. Make a difference in somebody else's life. I mean, the people that you should probably work on the most is your children. As a mom, that should be your number one focus. Not out, I mean, besides your marriage, there should be 
that intent focus on your children and showing them the life that Jesus has designed for them. Um, I think so many times moms get nowadays with the society the way it's going, moms get so focused on career and um, making things outside of the home that sometimes we forget our kids that are watching every step that we make and take. That's awesome. So being a godly woman starts with seeking God first in your life, but then ends with serving him and living that out. That's pretty awesome. And I've I've watched, for those of you that are are new and you don't really know Olga in a personal way, I've watched her do this over the last 12 and a half years. And it has truly been an inspiration to me and a challenge to me. And, And that's why it's so important that we teach those who are younger than us. This doesn't just apply to moms or or just to women, this applies to all of us. When we come to a place in our relationship with God that we learn something, we need to pass that on down to the people under us. That way they can learn and they can grow in Jesus' name. So that's how you become a godly woman. But I've watched you raise our kids in a way that's just amazing. And also our extended family, like our adopted daughter, Erin, who's awesome. And our four God kids. Yeah, and our four God kids, we have awesome God kids, and that's uh, Giselle and Kobe and those others. <laughs> Just messing with you. <laughs> Jane and Lauren are awesome too. So. And a baby boy on the and way. And a baby boy on the way. What, what, what? So we have an awesome extended family, and um, I've watched you raise them because I'm not as good a parent as you. I try, but I always fall flat on my face, but you're a great parent. So let, let's talk, we, we've learned how to be godly people. Let's talk about building godly kids. Proverbs 22 verse 6 says this, Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. That's a passage of scripture that we all know pretty well. We've probably heard that a thousand times. You hear it a lot on Mother's Day and Father's Day, right? Train up a child in the way they should go. And I, I've watched you do this. It, it, whenever I was getting ready for today, uh, I was reminded of a quote from Frederick Douglass that says this, it's easier to build strong children than it is to repair broken men. It's much easier to build strong children. So if we start early, and any of you who are parents, you know that when they get older, I mean, they need Jesus. And you need some grace. I mean, we got a 13-year-old that I know, I'm just kidding, she's awesome. Don't throw stuff at me, Jade. But, you know, the older we get, I know about the time I hit 11, 13, 14 years old, I, I'm not sure my parents wanted me to live in the house with them. They, they started wrapping my lunch in roadmaps and stuff like that, and I didn't know if they meant anything by that. A couple times I came home from school and they had moved. You know, I, I didn't know if they were trying to tell me something, but if we start training our children early, and I've, I've really watched Olga do this. She is an amazing mom. She, she always has a way of balancing out the time between. She's also a full-time student at Tulane. It's not purple and gold, but God will forgive that. You know, somehow or other it'll work out to be that way, but that's in another life. But I've watched her balance a full-time school schedule with raising four kids and a very immature husband. And I've, I've watched her do this, and she does it with such grace and humility, and it's just so godly. And I, I wanted you to talk about some of the, the things that I've learned from you over the last 12 and a half years, uh, it, it's kind of a long list, but you know me, I put things in lists. So there were nine things that I picked up from you that I want to share real quick, and we'll just kind of talk back and forth through these. And these are the nine, what I'll say, the nine ingredients for 
for building godly kids. I've watched you develop a passionate relationship with Jesus. Kind of talk about what brought you to that place in your own life. Uh, I would have to go back as far as saying that um, watching my mom's relationship with Jesus. Um, I am an actual example of Proverbs 22.6. There was a time in my life I left God. I turned my back away from him and that. But my parents prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, and um, they kept the faith. And um, so you can't, one thing that you have to realize, I think, as moms and parents is um, when you develop a relationship with Jesus, you can't take anybody someplace you've never been. So if your children are following along with you and you're trying to get them to that place of um, building their relationship, if you don't intentionally put your work into that relationship, they're not going to see and they're not going to know how to do it. What role do you think that in a marriage scenario where there are children involved, what, how much importance do you put on a, on a strong marriage or that stability that comes into a child's life from a strong marriage? Um, so a strong marriage and stability, it adds the stability to a child's life. Um, it's not easy to raise children, as we all know. It's kind of sometimes scary. Um, but it's not easy, and it makes it that, mo- that much harder if you don't have a relationship with Jesus. I think, I think having him in your life helps you to balance everything that life throws at you. What would you say is the standard for building godly kids from a mom's perspective but also a dad's? What would you say is the bare minimum standard? Um, the Bible. Um, there's so many parenting books out there. There's so many websites. But as a mom, um, like the first time I was found out I was pregnant with Jade, it's like this instinct just comes, and it just happens when the baby's born. It's not like, you know, you can never be trained on how to love your child, honestly. Um and where you find that true love is in your relationship with Jesus. But, I mean, think about it. Um, the Bible is, the author of the Bible is the dude that just said, hey, there's stars in the sky and there's light and dark. I mean, why wouldn't you trust him with your children? That's the way I look at it. <laughs> Those of you that aren't aware and oh. you're blind, um, I'm, I'm not Mexican and she is. And so... <laughs> Therefore, there's a lot of difference culturally. And that, I think the differences culturally make us awesome. Not just us, but I think in a church, we need to be racially diverse. As a community, Amen. we've got to be racially diverse. Because if we're all the same, y'all, that gets boring. We need everyone because the differences are actually the beauty that make us what God wants us to be. And that's the picture of heaven, in my opinion. But let's be real. A good southern white chunky boy from Baton Rouge connecting with a... A hot mama Latina from the OC. There were some differences. Like my family's all prim and proper and they speak very nicely and they hold their pinky up when they drink their tea. And her family's like loud. <laughs> you, you go to something in her house and it's, I have to go in the other room because the concophony is just like, oh God, do y'all ever hush? But yeah. I, I love her family. And Thanksgiving and Christmas in a Mexican family is awesome. 
It, let me just tell you, it's not ham and dressing. It's like enchiladas and tacos. It's great. It, it's awesome. But there, there's a lot of differences there. And be, not just because of culturally, but because of backgrounds, we approach raising kids differently. And I've mentioned this before, not as something to be proud of, but before I met Olga, I never wanted kids. I was not interested in kids. Not that I hate them. I just, I was never interested in being a parent because I've read the Bible where, you know, the sins of the father are visited on those of the kids and I was not a good person. And I didn't want my kids to receive that. I didn't really understand that grace literally wipes that away. And so I was scared to have children. And when I met her, it was like the very first time. They're like, yeah, I want to build a family. And I'm so glad that God connected us because literally the, the greatest four gifts in my life are our four girls. But we came from such different backgrounds. How important is it in your mind that mom and dad be on the same page? I think that's very important. And I think um, as parents, you need to be on the same page, which should be your foundation, should be your Bible. It should be your relationship with Jesus. That should be your foundation for parenting. So when I was stubborn, how did you get me on the same page? You don't have to answer that. That was a joke. <laughs> what, what about single parents? Obviously, if there's a single parent or if, or if there's a broken family, that, that so changes the dynamic. Single moms are my champions. Um, I, well, I'm, I never, like, was a single parent. I was still married. But Bonnie was off in Africa and doing all kinds of stuff all around the country. So I kind of got a little bit of a taste of what it was like to be a mom with three children under the age of three. <laughs> so <laughs> it was It's not that we rough. love kids. We just really liked each other. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so. Sorry. But single moms have a huge burden. You really do. Um, and for that, I honor you. Um, but if. The Bible is, I go back to the Bible. I go back to God's word for everything. I mean, that is my basis for my life. You know, that's, that's my roadmap. So I'm going to keep referring you back to the Bible. <laughs> I've, I've seen you in the way that you build our children. You're, you're very protective. You're not overprotective. You let them get dirty and you let them stumble. You let them scrape their knees. But you're like mama bear. Kind of talk to us about protecting our kids and the importance of that. Um, don't be afraid to say no to your kids. They don't need to have everything or they don't, they, they don't need to always have their way. Don't be afraid to say no. Um, invade their privacy, their kids. Um, I, there's this notion right now. Um, Jake's going to get mad. There's, gonna, there's this notion right now in schools as, as young as elementary that don't look at my phone. It's my privacy. Well, um, excuse me. <laughs> no, that's not okay. You know, know what your children are getting into. Know who your children's friends are. Um, because at the end of the day, when they come home and with all this um, bullying and all this stuff that just goes on nowadays that I really didn't have to go through as kids. I don't think my generation went through it that much. But I think it's because of that. I think it's because parents have kind of exited the life. 
and allow children to make the decisions in the home and run the home. Um, so protect your kids with everything you've got. I mean, you only get one chance at doing this. God loaned them to us for a little bit. That's all we get. Something else that I've learned from you. Isn't she doing awesome? Something else that I've learned from you that has reshaped the way that I not just approach kids but also approach other people is I've always noticed you blessing our kids with your words. Like even if you're upset at them, yeah, there are times that you have to get on to them and you're a great disciplinarian, Al. But um, I've also noticed that even when you're disciplining them, there's always a time in that process that you come back and you bless them. Talk to us about speaking words of life and, and the importance of that. With so much negativity that is surrounding in the world, so many people against this and that or whatever, um, your children should have a place to come home to that they feel loved and they want to go home. Um, and speaking words of life to them, you never know what happens throughout the day in a child's life. I mean, I haven't been in school or in an elementary school situation. Um, and kids are mean. I mean, let's be real. Kids are mean to each other. Um, and sometimes, you know, they may have a teacher that doesn't like them or whatnot. Um, but I think with hearing so much negativity, as a mom, you bring that, going back to stability, you bring that stability by speaking words of life to your children every chance that you get. Um, and I heard, I heard something recently that said, um, there are no mistakes, only solutions. So if you live your lifestyle with that, with your children, as you bless them, and they, they're going to mess up. I mean, we all do. They're going to mess up. They're going to do something you don't like. They're going to clean a window with streaks on it, and it's going to drive you crazy, or just me. Um, and they're, they're going to load the dishwasher wrong, but it's okay. You take that opportunity to show them how to do it, right? What would you say is our, our kids' greatest need? A relationship with Jesus. There we go. That was pretty good. Pretty straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something else I, I've noticed you doing, and, and this is not a slap at my parents at all, I was number three, and my parents were very involved in ministry, and my parents' way of training us was, you're coming to do ministry with me, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. It was, it was a blessing. But I've noticed you, and I've learned from this as a parent that we have to take time and train our kids. Kind of unpack that for us and tell us that the importance of that. Well, in Ephesians um, chapter 6, it commands kids to do two things, to obey and honor their parents. Um, and I think the only way for them to ever learn how to do that is, again, by them watching you. Do you honor your parents? Do you love your parents? Do you speak with respect to other people around you? Um, training your children, ooh, it's it's. It's like such a huge burden, but it's not at the same time, if that makes any sense. Because it's hard, but it's, but it's like you get the joy from it as a mom. And basically, if you live a life in front of them that's not hard to honor, it's very easy for them to obey you. Yeah, don't set the standard too high that they can't reach that standard, you know. 
lower the bar a little bit. I mean, they are kids. They're not. I think, I think as t- in today's world and culture, we push our kids to be 4.0, straight-A students. We push our kids to be the best at every sport. We push our kids to be the best in every club, be involved, be popular. And I think that puts so much pressure on them that the the level of expectancy for them is so high that sometimes they can't reach that, and they feel less of themselves trying to reach that expectation. That's awesome. So basically, just because they enjoy singing in the shower doesn't mean they're going to win American Idol. No. And I'm okay with that. One, one of my favorite aspects about you is your passion for worship. And this is, this is the ninth ingredient. It, you, you, have a, you have an intense passion for worship that's contagious. And it's captivating. Um, talk to us about teaching our kids to worship Jesus. So... I worship Jesus because of everything he's done for me. I mean, he has done so much for me. He's, he's just amazing. Why not? Um, but in t- in, I'm not just a worshiper. My lifestyle is worship. Um, every single day of my life, I'm worshiping. Um, everything I do, I make sure to worship Jesus. So I think when you take it from just a worship experience that you go to on a Sunday or I mean, growing up, we went to church like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But <laughs> I think from, you know, just stepping into the building and then you leave, you should have that lifestyle of worship throughout your week. Um, and that's how you teach your children how to worship Jesus. I mean, my kids may not be as exuberant, is that how you say it? As exuberant as I am, but... They see me worshiping like that at home, too. Um, And your children shouldn't, as a mom, they should see you not only praying and worshiping when everything is going great or bad, even at the same time, like when you need a need, that shouldn't be the only time they see you on your knees asking God for something. They should see you on your knees all the time. Very good. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing some of your insight. This has been great. Let's give, let's give Olga a hand. I think this is, not, this is definitely not in her comfort zone, but I think she's done an amazing job and shared some awesome insight. And even though I'm not a mom, I really feel like I've learned something today. I hope you have as well. Let's, let's close this out real quick. Psalm 119.66, going right back where we started. It says, teach me good judgment and knowledge. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe your commandments. When, when we go to the word of God and when we go to Jesus and say, you are the author and the finisher of my faith, not my desires, not my fleshly wants and, and my addictions or all the other things that we allow to get between us and God. And y'all, it doesn't make us bad. It makes us human. We're human. We all have our issues, right? If you don't have issues, that's your issue feel like I'm at, at a meeting or something. <laughs> Y'all, but, but here's the deal. We all have things that we go through. That's why we need to go to God and say, hey, I need good judgment because sometimes I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something bad or I'm going to do something bad. And when it comes to being a parent, like she said, we get one chance. But isn't the grace of God amazing? That even if we mess up, God gives you the rest of their life to disciple them. 
And that, that's what's so really cool about it. And so, moms, y'all are our heroes. One more time, I think we ought to give all our moms a hand. And let me just say this as pastor. I, I'm closing this out. We're going to worship with one more song, and then we've, we've got something really, really special for the moms. If your mom is here or if you are a mom, we want to give you a photo. Just step back over there. Make sure to give us your email address so we can send you the professional, high-quality photo. Just hang out with us for a little bit. We're going to have a lot of fun, but... Moms, you're our heroes. And I want everyone to hear me on this because this is the biblical model for a home. The moms set the direction of the home. Dads, it's not my way or the highway. It's it's the mother's responsibility to be the keeper of the home. That doesn't mean she's washing the dishes barefoot pregnant in the kitchen all the time. That's not what that means. What that means is this. She is the one who has been God-given the responsibility for establishing the direction of the home. Guys, our responsibility is to come alongside and to be the protector and the provider. In other words, we are the enforcer of the direction that mom set. That's why it's so important that dads, we're submitted to God so that they can submit to us so that our family can go in the right direction and bring honor to the Word of God. Amen? So moms are awesome. And the closer that you get and the closer that we get to Jesus, the more that we're all able to connect our kids to Jesus Christ. And and, and the closer that each one of us in this church get to Jesus, the easier it is for us to connect lost people to Jesus Christ. Think about it. Strong homes and strong families build a strong church. And a strong church heals a community. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So let, let me give you real quick before we leave. Ladies, if you're looking for a place to connect, a place where you can get connected to other godly women. You already saw on the NOLA, on the NOLA News video, this Wednesday night, the, the second Wednesday of every month is NOLA Chicks Night, and they meet right here. So second Wednesday, ladies, everybody can come. You don't have to be a mom. As long as you're 11 years old and up, you can come. Moms, bring your daughters with you. Let them see you being godly with other women. Bring them with you. Don't use it as a chance to get away from your kids. Bring your, your pre-teen and teen, teenage daughters with you so they can learn how to be godly. We do this on the second Wednesday of every month, and it's a lot of fun. They're learning, and they're growing together. And main thing, they're just getting connected to each other. So come here Wednesday at 730. And you, you know, I'm not ever going to let you leave. If this is your first time here, I never let us ever leave a service without me as pastor giving a next step to you. And next Sunday, we'll, we'll be picking right back up in our series talking about faith and the importance of faith and saying, God, give me faith, which is awesome. We need this. But before we leave, let me give you a next step. And here it is. And just kind of put this in your pocket and hang on to it. Put Jesus first in my family and build my children on his foundation. Put Jesus first in my family and build my children on his foundation. Babe, before we transition and we worship one more time, I'd, I'd love for us all to stand and you just pray a blessing prayer over all of us. Jesus, Lord, I thank you for this amazing day and amazing time together, Lord. God, I pray for every mother here today. Lord, I pray that you would give such wisdom and such knowledge to every mom. And God, I pray for discernment for every mother as well so that she would know to discern her children, Jesus God, if her children are going through something, that she would know and she would be there for them, lovingly and carrying them, guiding them along the way. God, I pray for every person here today. I pray a blessing over each and every person, God. 
And I pray, Lord Jesus, that today those, God, that that didn't have any hope for children or didn't think that they could ever be a mother, God, I pray that that hope would be renewed today. In Jesus' name, I pray for peace. I pray for love. God, take us from this place, God, and let us shine your light and your love throughout the world this week. In Jesus' name we pray.